0: The risk as much as you can to that funder, because the lower you've got the risk, first of all there'll be more people who will help to fund you, and secondly it will cost you less, because um, banks will price a deal based on the risk that they see in that deal. Information is key. Uh, I would say that the one of the reasons that funders don't uh, invest, or don't lend, say, or don't, or don't invest equity is because there's just a lack
1: of information. Made to Grow, the podcast for SME manufacturers, brought to you by Flowlens, the simple, affordable MRP system. Over the coming 10 episodes, we've got a host of experienced manufacturers, industry thought leaders, and subject matter experts sharing their personal stories and professional insights to help you on your manufacturing success story. We'll be looking at the highs and lows of leadership, the nitty gritty of digital transformation, operational excellence, and establishing what is the right mindset for manufacturing success. So stay tuned and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts for a new episode every fortnight. The saying goes, money makes the world go round. And that's especially true for manufacturers on the journey to scale their business. So this episode is all about finance and funding. My guest is Graham Niven of Tandem Financial Services. A highly experienced finance expert who has helped multiple manufacturers access funding and investment from a variety of sources to start, scale, sell and exit their businesses successfully. We talk about the most common ways of raising money for growth, from grants and bank loans to angel investors and venture capital funds, and we discuss the risks and rewards of each. We'll also talk about what each funder is looking for to position your business for maximum benefit you might be surprised to learn it's not all about the numbers. So let's jump right in. Hi folks, I'm really pleased to welcome Graham Niven to the Flowdance podcast today. Uh, Funding and finance for growth is a a key issue uh, um, as uh, manufacturers reach different stages in their development. And I'm delighted to say that over a a, a long career, Graham has uh, spent the last two decades working with a variety of sectors, um, but heavily in manufacturing, um, where he's based in the Northwest of England, helping um, businesses look at the different uh, range of finance options um, that can help them grow, particularly debt and equity uh, finance. So Graham, could you go into a wee bit more detail just about um, your background and um, and what it is you do?
0: Yeah, sure. Um... So, yeah, my name's Graham Niven um, and I run my own business raising. I, I raise money for businesses. I help to prepare the financial information that goes to support applications for funding. So when you go out to funders, they don't just say, yeah, that's fine. I mean, we would be lovely if they did, but they, they don't. Um, they, they need some supporting um, information. Um, and, I, and to be honest, I also sell businesses. But in terms of raising money for businesses, I've been doing this for such a long time. Um, my main focus is on debt and equity. I mean, th- there, are, uh, there are only three sorts of finance. Debt, where you have to pay it back with interest. Um, and But there's loads of different forms of debt, from bank loans to things like invoice discounting, et cetera, et cetera. They're all effectively forms of debt. But effectively, you pay it back. You pay the principal back over a period of time with interest. And that's the price that you pay for borrowing that money. And then equity, whereby you you sell a share of your business and the funder, Hopefully, will a get dividends out of the profits you make, but really, what they're looking for is the, bus- the, the business to be sold and your shares to their shares to be worth a lot more than the, than what they paid for them. The third form of of funding is uh, is our uh, grants. Uh, so basically, where you actually get the money and you don't have to pay it back in any way, shape or form. Um, But you have to do something for it, so sometimes that's research and development, sometimes that's, there are various, there are whole reasons for grants. There's things like Innovate UK that do lots of um, grant funding for techie things. I've got to be honest, it's a minefield grant, and I just don't have time to do it. There's a lot of paperwork, um, a lot of form filling. And the problem I find with it is that sometimes it can take such a long time to get it that you've missed out on on what it was you were trying to do, and you've missed the, missed the boat because mm-hmm. it takes so many months, if not years, sometimes to get grants. So I push, pers- I mean, I, I direct people towards grants, but I, I don't do the work. It's just um, it's not not my thing.
1: In terms of um, loans versus investments, how how do you help sort of customers or clients decide which one is right? For them, I
0: think so. You've got debt versus equity, so um, debt we've well, got to pay it back. Debt is is ideal where you're, you've you got an existing business, and I've got to be honest, where you've got assets in the business, and that's where manufacturing it, it does help with manufacturing because typically you've got things to help to make the things that you're selling, i.e., um, pick what's called fixed assets, so you know, machinery, capital, uh, equipment, etc. And so sometimes, depending on whether you borrowed in the first place to get that machinery, you can then secure the debt against that machinery. So I need to explain what that means there. Typically, lenders don't like lending money without any security. I admit they're going to get their interest, but they, they also want some security. So sometimes they will take a charge over the assets of your business. So it could be specific assets like a capital piece of capital equipment. It could be over your debtors, as uh, trade debtors, people you've sold to, or it could be what they call a floating charge just over the assets, so all the assets of your business. So if your business, if you didn't pay them back, they have the right to sell the assets of your business. Um, so lenders like businesses that have got assets. Um, they also like it, obviously, if you as the owner have assets, They because they may well ask for what's called a per- personal guarantee, uh, a PG. So they would lend the money to ABC Limited, your business, but they would, if there aren't any assets there, or there aren't enough assets there, they might then ask you for a personal guarantee. For PG. So lending is often used where there either are assets, and also the company has been going for a while, um, and uh, has it, is established. Um, equity is more used for early stage. Well, it's, not, it's often used for early stage businesses. Um, because lenders won't lend because you may not be, you may not even be trading, you may be pre-trading and you're just getting your thing set up. So there's no money coming in for which you need to pay back your 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 loan. And very occasionally lenders will give you what's called a payment holiday. So you might get the first three months where you don't have to make a payment, but deep down they want their money back on a regular basis. Whereas equity investors, so like a dragon's den type people, they don't expect their money back quickly. Um don't don't be wrong, they don't expect it back in years and years and years, but they don't expect it back straight away. So um, they're a little bit more patient. Sometimes it's called patient capital. Um, it's a little bit more patient. Um, but obviously, you've then got to, uh, people talk about giving away a share of their business. You're not giving away, you're selling a share of your business. Um, and that money goes into the business. So it works for there. And I think it also works well. Interesting enough, I've just been um, with a client today uh, who's got an existing business, is branching out into a new field. Uh, or in an adjacent field, and doesn't want to use the money from the existing business, so wants to raise some money, and he is open to both debt and equity uh, to do that. Um, I personally think it's a debt deal. I think I think I think it's 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 right to be a debt deal. I think there's enough assets in the business. Uh, he's actually going to set up a, sl- a, a new company, but it's uh, a link to the old com- the existing company, and we might take a charge over the existing company. So. Um, it it's all depends. I always say to people that there's a, there's there's probably about five questions you need to answer when you think about raising money. How much do you want? What are you going to spend it on? How much money are you going to make? And when are you going to make that money? And when I say how much money are you going to make, particularly how much cash are you going to generate? So those are four questions. How much, what are you going to spend it on? How much money are you going to make? And when are you are going to make it? And the fifth question is always, and what's your attitude to debt versus equity? Because I get many people saying to me, well, I'm I'm not prepared to give a personal guarantee, and I say, okay, well, you need to do look at equity then, and then they say, well, I'm not selling a share of my business, um, and you say, oh right, okay, well, oh, there's a trade-off um, then. <laughs> you got, you got you just want someone to give you the money and not for for no for for, for no uh, pain. There's a there's a thing about you know, um, you've got to suffer a little bit of pain in order to get the money because you know banks are there to make a profit as well, you know, and 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 other lenders. Um, so, so I, in answer to your question about what's ideal, it, 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 there are different scenarios. Um, manufacturing is more akin to debt. That, that, I wouldn't say it's more akin to debt than equity. But if you compare that to say something like the creative sector, they're they're a quite equity-dominated um, mm-hmm. sector because they generally they've got no assets. All their assets are in the head. Uh, exactly. Like
1: like ourselves, even you know, it's it's. Uh, IP rather than, than tangible assets, yeah. and
0: then that becomes yes. subjective as to what you're how you're, you're valuing that. Yeah, and it's funny how they always think it's worth millions. <laughs> so, um this
1: time next year, Rodney. I yes. <laughs>
0: um,
1: you know, focusing on the on the debt side of things, like how do you go about assessing the the, the business? You know, in terms of its suitability. So you're bringing a package to a lender and even i suppose you know different businesses will be suitable um, or applicable to different types of lenders so how do you you know yeah. how does a manufacturer kind As of it work. figure okay. it out yeah
0: um when it comes down to it funders want their money back if you'll like, we'll take debt to start with the, the 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 lenders want their money back plus interest that's what they want and so my job and or the job of any anybody at the entrepreneur is to convince the funder that they're going to get their money back plus interest with a degree of margin. Um, you know, It's not just, oh, I can just about pay it back and no more. Um, there has to be a degree of margin there. So it's it's a little bit like telling a story. And you, uh, the three things I always say to people that they need if they're going to, a, say, a lender is that you need a business plan. And, and I can talk about what I was going to there. You need a profit and loss forecast. But the most important um, document is the cash flow forecast. Because businesses go bust because they run out of cash, not because they don't make profit. They, they, they go bust because they run out of cash. And if you don't have enough cash, you just don't have a business. And and so I spend a lot of time, so I, I, as I have done this morning with a client, talking about the cash. So how, how is the cash going to come in? How is the cash going out? And how is the cash coming in? Um, and we need a margin of safety there. If, if for instance, one of your major um, debtors, the people you sell to, doesn't pay you that month, and says, "Oh, there's a problem," and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, we. I spend a lot of time doing cash flow forecast. So, business plan, which tells the story, and uh, I, again, I, I tend to talk about it is fairly structured. Uh, I talk about what's the problem that you're solving with your product, uh, what is your and what is your solution to that problem, um, what's the market for it, or market be the the companies, the sector, geography, etc. All, all sorts of different sectors. Um, really important i think the most important part of a business plan is the marketing how do you get your clever products into the market otherwise you're just sat with loads of clever products in your factory and nobody knows you've got them and i mean i'm really not a marketer it's not my thing at all And uh, about my own business not maybe not marketing it very well but um yeah i i think i think there are loads of clever people out there with really clever products that don't market them very well so I, I tell my clients to spend a lot of time thinking about how they're going to do that. Then just operationally, how does it work in terms of, you know, supply chain, et cetera, and, and logistics? Mm-hmm. Well, so the supply chain coming in, logistics going out. And the financials, I mean, it's not that they're not important, but in a business plan, they're just, they're just summary sort of figures. And ultimately, it, 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 I, my business plans will say, like this one I'm doing at the minute, is it will say he needs, I don't know. We, the, the rough estimate today was about 400 grand. So, 400 grand, um, we may try and take it in two tranches. Um, we're, we're just working out whether we can afford to take it in two tranches or not. Um, but, 400 grand, um, and he'd want that over a five year period, repayment over five years. And that, once we've completed these documents, that will be going to uh, his own bank, who he's been with for quite a while. He doesn't, he, I wouldn't say he doesn't get on with them. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of interaction with them. Mm-hmm. There's not a, It's weird how c- companies don't always. <laughs> you know, they bank with people and they don't talk to them. Um, like they don't talk to their lawyers and they don't talk to their accountants. enough. But anyway, um, we're going to go to the bank. Um, there are a number of other. Uh, there are some good in, in the area that he's in in England. There are some government funds. They're, they're not. They're not free. They're not grants. They are. They are loans. And we're going to go to the the region. What's called it? It's um. It's like a regional growth fund, effectively. Um, and as long as the, the business is going to be creating jobs, which this one should do, then then it, it's applicable. Um, so we'll go to them. Um, we're, then there are a whole range of commercial lenders that we're going to go to. But I'm hopeful that between the bank and one of the government uh, funds, that that one of them, or it could be both, actually. I mean, and that's another thing. A lot of people think you've got to get all your funding from one, one source, and that's not, not, not always true. So... I wouldn't be surprised if if we get this deal that it's partly funded by the bank and partly funded by this um, Mm -hmm. regional growth fund. I've seen Um, um,
1: some of those growth funds maybe come at a a higher ticket. You know, they're more expensive, but um, maybe they don't have the the demand for the personal guarantee. Is that correct?
0: Correct. Some do, some don't. It just depends on where you are. And um, this one has got a little bit of asset backing, so we might be able to give the sort of comfort to the lender that there's enough in the existing business. It, 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 you can do a thing called a cross-guarantee. So we've got company A here. They're going to set up company A, no, well, B here. And, and we'll so company A will cross-guarantee the debt in company B. That's yeah. likely how this one will be structured, I would think. Um, I mean, obviously, if we don't have to give any guarantees, that'd be great. But um, I, would, I, I can't see that. Not for that amount of money. It's chunky money. Yeah. Um, and I just don't quite see it. There's still some recovery loan money. Uh, there's thing called recovery loan over here, like a post-COVID thing. Mm-hmm. There's still some of that left. I think I'm not sure about in the area, but I'll, 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 these are things I, I'm checking. I'm just trying to put all the information together in scope for the business plan and the forecast at the minute. So I've just starting that today.
1: Coming back to your point about the marketing, you know, a lot of conversations I have with with our customers and in the market when people are looking to making it, you know, a financial. Um, investment in something it's maybe it's a, it's a new product or it's a taking the product into a new market um you know so there's an element of uncertainty associated with that and maybe their existing route to market isn't applicable or their you know their knowledge of external uh, markets obviously isn't isn't mature H- how do you go about um kind of mitigating that
0: that risk in yeah. the business plan yeah I, it's a good, and the word you've just said there is a really good word, risk. Risk, risk is a thing that um, all funders hate um, to a certain degree. So banks are probably the most risk averse of, of, of the funders. And if you take it to the other extreme, uh, you know, your Peter Jones and Deborah Meadens of um, Dragon's Den are probably the most risk, no, 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 risk taking. But having said that, they've still got their own, you know, they they, they reject more than they, than yeah. they accept. And... Um, and they're still ultimately they're risk-averse. They're trying to mitigate that risk. So mitigation of risk, um, it's about uh, information is key. Uh, I would say that the one of the reasons that funders don't uh, invest or don't lend, say, or don't, or don't invest equity is because there's just a lack of information and a lack of information between what you consider to be operational information so things that i'm going to do this and and these are the costs etc it's going to come to this that uh, it's going to cost me 13 pounds 20 to make this and i'm going to sell it to the 20 pound 90 or whatever that that figure is so why is it 20 pound 90 is that is that is that relevant in the market is that price sensitive etc because if you put it in at that oh, the big guys going to come in and sell it to 18 pounds and just you've blown out the market straight away so where where do you stand in market price these costs, how stable are those costs? Have you got contracts? So it's, it's. I'm picking specifics yeah. here, but it, it's all about the link between operational type information, operational information, marketing information, and financial information. Those are the three things that I would tell people to focus on. So the one today, I have sent them away to do some work on the, um, well, on actually, well, on the two things: the operational and the marketing, because they haven't got that. They're working on it, but they just haven't got that that bottom down yet. Yeah. Um, so. Because that's what a funder going to look at. So, so you say, why are you going to sell 25,000 of these or, or three of these? It doesn't matter if it's a big piece of kit. But you've got to, typically the businesses that who are borrowing have got history that you can look back on and say, well, I did this or I did that. This is a similar product. Okay, I'm going into, I don't know, you, you're starting to sell in the U.S. Well, if you're trying to sell in the U.S., it's a big thing. You, you've you got to do your research. It's not You can't just go over there and start because it's, it's I, I'm not. I'm aware of certain companies that have done it, and they've spent ages trying to do that. Mm-hmm. But then there are companies that help you do it. Well, the, um, UKTI I think help you help you do
1: that. Ah, um, uh, there's <clears throat> I there's government agencies, and there's also people yeah. in market that you can you can employ. So the banks yeah. look for that kind of um, level of detail. You know, when it comes yes. to you know mitigating a particular risk, because like going to America is probably the biggest thing a, a company could could do, and it could easily get swallowed up and you know a, a large amount of money swallowed up with it um so you know it's you know it's a huge a huge, huge risk factor so how do they kind of validate that
0: you've done your homework properly well they look at where the information i mean i i said to people you need to right so you you've got this information about let's just say selling price as an example so what so how does that what's the nearest set what's your competition doing and and you need to provide examples of it doesn't matter who they are that could be a you it this be there that Because you can get this data, and it's, it's not easy, and, and I appreciate sometimes it's a bit of a guesswork, but, but as long as you've got something that you believe you can justify, then that's what the banks are looking for. Deep down, I, and I say this to everyone, whenever I'm giving um, talks about funding, every forecast I've ever done is wrong. Just about every forecast, because it's just a forecast. You you're never going to get it spot on. The only time you get it spot on is if you say, "I'm not going to sell anything next month," and weirdly enough, you don't you do sell anything. Yeah, they're really wrong as
1: soon as you finish them. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, they're wrong as soon as, but as long as they're based, as long as you've got some data that can back it up, and it's not just "I think." It's it's all. I, I, well, a lot of people do market research. You know, they talk to their customers. Would you be interested in this product? I, have you got? Have you got? Um, some test products. Some I can't remember the word is, for manufacturers to use a lot. Prototypes. Um, prototypes, Thank, thank you. you. Uh, prototypes, And they've got a prototype out, and their their customer base, their, their valued customer base, said, "Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I not You can put that blue aerial on it, but I'm not paying for it because it's rubbish. I don't, I don't need it, sort of thing." So those are the sorts of things that that lenders like that you've done your homework and you've translated that. Hope you as a result of that homework you've made decisions that ultimately will hopefully make you more money.
1: Where else do you find um, you know, manufacturers heading uh, blockages when it comes to securing finance?
0: I think sometimes on the logistics side, particularly if you're buying product in from abroad, and, and I'm not going to go at China, but but China as an example, where a lot of people do get raw materials from there, and the issues that have been prevalent in the last two to three years with. Um, the price of containers coming over that's massively increased a lot of my clients um costs and i both in terms of price it could they get it i'm mean, just to be honest there was like a container shortage and you just couldn't get it mm-hmm. and people have been promising orders and, and they just stopped production it was just and then obviously we had the uh, container thing blocking up the Suez canal that didn't really help that matters very much so i think um People often think oh you shouldn't have too much you, you can have too much stock and it's true you don't want all your money tried up in stock but if it, it's a really hard thing to forecast i do understand that but understanding logistics i think is is an area a little bit like understanding marketing understanding lo- is logistics understanding logistics is a thing that funders want to to make sure that you've got a grip of and you know how to manage your supply chain uh, and you know both both in in and going out because I mean I'm sure you've got manufacturers rich that 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 both buy stuff in from China and send it back. Out. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got one client who I helped sell their business. They buy stuff in from China and then whip it back out to China. Um, but we be honest, not doing much to it, but they do, and because the Chinese like to buy what they think is a British product. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, a, that's another story. that's innovation
1: um, for you <laughs> yeah
0: everything.
1: um and what about you know you know you say that assets are important as security but you know stock can be something that is very difficult for for companies to actually value and, and you know if they're yeah. basing a business plan or you know security on on stock how, how do they yeah, go about
0: stocks hard. i mean stock you don't you you don't tend to get a lot of value to stock because if you think about it, if you if your business goes bust, you've then got a lender who, let me frank, hasn't got a clue about your business really, has then got to job out 20,000 widgets that they've got no idea really how much yeah. they are worth, And they if you get 20p in the pound from them, they'll be doing well. If you get 10p, they'll probably be doing well. And so um, stock is never, that. funders like, it's, they like machinery. They like things like CNC machines that you can. There's like an active trading market in, C, in secondhand trading in, in uh, CNC machines. Um, I deal with a company that um, weaves fabric. Um, there is a lesser market for that, but there is still a market for that. Yeah. But you just got obviously less buyers. So the more niche you are, the, 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 the less value they would add. Uh, they would put on the assets that you've got. Um, but so so they like, th- funders like things that you can bolt down to a floor, basically. Heavy. You can't be nicked. They generally don't burn that easy. Um, and you need them to, to, to work with. And there's a good secondhand value. So uh, it's weird. Uh, I, I raised some money for um, somebody who, it, um, Oh, they were going out to uh, wind farms on some boat type things. They didn't like boats. And I said, well, you can't, you can't really nick a boat, and yeah, but they didn't, they didn't like it, too movable. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know. And I mean, you can do it against vehicles. I mean, vehicles are a little bit easier now with trackers and stuff like that. So again, often people buy those assets, those assets with what they call asset finance. So there's a, I mean, asset finance is, is, is effectively a form of debt. You put down a deposit, and then you buy the say, say you put down a twenty percent deposit, and then you eighty percent you you fund over the life of that asset, and therefore that asset is generating income for you which allows you to pay back the uh, debt that you've incurred
1: the made to grow podcast is brought to you by FlowLens, the simple affordable mrp system specifically designed for sme device equipment and machinery manufacturers our top rated cloud-based software can help you cut down on wasted materials time and money and eliminate the chaos of running your manufacturing with spreadsheets and hope Our customers have reported savings of over a day per week per person in their business by cutting out needless admin, duplication of work and countless mistakes. Plus lead times are shortened by up to 75%. And after hundreds of successful implementations, we've got the blueprint for manufacturing success nailed down. Head over to flowlens.com for a quick video tour of the software and to hear from more manufacturers like you who have transformed their businesses with Flowlens. Now back to the interview. Going over to the other side, then in terms of the equity piece, um, you know, have you seen uh, manufacturers like most of our the customers that we deal with, or the listeners that we would be um, having here, would be companies that are they're not startups necessarily, but they've maybe hit a, <clears throat> a glass ceiling of. Uh, of invest or of f- financing, and as we've discussed, I think in a lot of cases, if they've got a, a you know some good trading history, they've got some good operational financial um, control in place, and they can stand over the numbers, then that uh, that debt element should work well for them. Um, yep. At the same time. There can be uh, scenarios where where equity investment still makes sense if there's like a paradigm shift almost in the amount of money needed to uh to make something happen have you seen situations like that come about
0: yeah um, there are there are probably trying think maybe four categories i I'll just maybe just run through some of them um you've got angel investors. So a little bit like Dragon's Den, but without the drama and without the, I'm not having a go at Dragon's Den, it's a really good program in terms of getting people, I think, into thinking about running their own businesses. But it's still an entertainment program. And it's not not really like that in the real world. Typically, business angels are normal people who generally, I I would say the majority of angels who I've ever dealt with have made their money themselves. And A, want to make more money, and B, think they can help the business make more money. They're the best. The best angels have got the money, They've got a skill, expertise that you don't have, and and also really importantly, I say this to everybody: you've got to get on with them because if you don't, you're in it. It's like being in a bad marriage, and you just you've got someone there who you really don't want there, and it's hard. Well, it's really hard to get shareholders out unless you've got a really good shareholders agreement. Um, so you've got angel investors and. They quite like that. They they don't necessarily want. They they can't afford to buy the whole business off you. And and, they, and deep down, probably they don't want to. They want you to run the business. They don't want to run the business. Angels do not want to run the business. Yeah, they've done their time. But they're happy to see it grow and and happy to help. So you've got those. And I, I mean, oh, angels have got different layers of money. I've got angels who who will probably invest as low as twenty five grand, maybe up to maybe up to. 500 grand but that's that they're, they're really really rich changes it's not mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's, it doesn't happen it, maybe it's just the people I know then you've got your, some of your government equity funds so again in, in where I live in 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 Manchester we've got a thing called the northern Powerhouse fund that has an equity fund attached to it and there are other ones around the country um and that is um an equity fund that goes from oh a hundred grand to seven hundred and fifty grand um okay uh, oh, is it that, or is it 50 grand? No, it's 50 grand. Maybe 50 grand to 750 grand. Something like that, anyway. Um, it's like an early and, and seed, sort of seed round type, type Yeah, level. Well, yeah. It, it, see, but also, but also they, they will look at, I mean, the business I'm talking to today, if that, when, if that 400 grand one, if they wanted equity, they would look at it. It's not, it's not in this area. It's in another area. And, and we might go and look at the equity from there. Um, so you've got those sorts of people. Then you've got, a combination of what they call venture capital, private equity. They're the sort of people who don't tend to get out of bed for under a million quid, unless you want a million quid. They're just it, because their costs of doing it are quite substantial. They'll charge fees, et etc., and then they'll take a share of your business, and they want a lot. and And they'll they'll put in certain procedures, etc. Um, yeah, probably end up
1: with somebody on your board. Or,
0: yeah, certainly said, oh, absolutely, it'll be somebody on the board. And they'll demand information probably at a much um, more aggressive rate in terms of timing. So the fact that you maybe don't do your account till the third week of the month, if you do by the third week of the month, um, it, that's not going to go down with a private equity house. So I'm not saying private equity is, is a bad thing. You've got to be a chunky company to do that. Yes. And you've really got to think about, is this what I really want to do? Because the demand placed on them. Are much higher than the demands. But, well, certainly than a business angel. A business angel might bring you and and talk to you and come and see you, but they're not going to be as demanding as private equity because private equity have got. They get their money from somewhere. They get money from their money from rich people who've invested in the, what they call a fund, and they say, right lads, go away, invest that fund. I want this return. If you don't get it, I'll move that money somewhere else, and you'll be out of a job. So they're always looking to, you know, to, to make the to make chunky money. That's what private equity does. That's why they offer. Look, you know, when I'm selling businesses, they they're always the lowest offerer, but they always, but they will always complete a deal. They don't tend to pull out. Um, I'm sorry, they always complete a deal. Obviously, if they find something that's wrong, they won't. But but typically, they, they get a deal done. They don't faff about because they haven't got the time to. They just, they're moving already, moving on to the next one. Yeah. So so equity is a uh, the, there are there are lots of different pots. There are. Then, you, then you've got quite some quite specialist funds, quite a lot of, particularly these days, green funds. Um, if you're invested in green tech, green manufacturing tech, um, that's quite good. You've got some health tech funds. Health tech's a big thing. I know it's tech, not manufacturing, but nevertheless.
1: Uh, a lot of crossover.
0: Lots of little niche funds. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, so for instance, um, oh, a long time ago, I helped a business, uh, manufacturing business, developing a, a cancer detection piece of equipment. And that got, that got equity funding, loads of equity funding, actually. And and I still see them, and they're doing really well. It's not a success of mine, it's a success of theirs. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, techie-type things, things that save money, save lives, are green. They're the sort of flavours of the moment, in the
1: moment. You know, there are, probably in both cases these days, you know, you've got specialist funders. You've certainly got specialist investors who will understand the space you're living, you're working in. And that makes it easier to figure out if you're going to be a fit because you don't have to educate them on the market. You don't have to educate them on the problem yeah. space. You know, they've already kind of got that general feel for that, um, which is something you probably
0: maybe get more from from
1: the, the equity piece rather than necessarily the mm-hmm. bankers, at least.
0: I've, I've got a business angel. I hardly see him these days. But he, interesting enough, he was one of the few people who would invest in food businesses. Um, food manufacturing mm-hmm. businesses because most angel-y type people don't like food because they see food like fashion and because, you know, well, this year's coconut water is next year's, I don't know, mango juice or something, yeah. whatever, whatever the flavor of the month is. So, um, but he, he that was his thing. He said, that's what I know, Graham. So if you bring, if you send me a mobile phone app to deal with w- weight control or something, then I'm not interested. But if you send me something in food, then I'll have a look at it. Yeah. Because I, I can, he can help it. That's I, I've always liked angels who who know what they know and don't try and be something that they don't know. That he just that's, that was his thing. And interestingly enough, he he, um, he bought a brewery, hmm. um, which I'm not quite sure is food, but it's near enough. So. Similar similar processes and things. It's still yeah, it's food production of a sort.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we've covered quite a lot there in terms of the you know obviously the different aspects of of funding and. Um, the things you need to think about, particularly you know personal guarantees over relinquishing ownership um the need for that financial analysis and the ability to really prove that you know your numbers and that um maybe you're you're you know making a big punt into a new market or a new product but that you've got that kind of track record and that foundation to, to work off um just like thinking about you know to to wrap it up like what's what's one piece of advice that you would Always give a manufacturer who's looking for funding. You know what's the one thing that you would leave our listeners with uh, to to mull over.
0: I think if you're thinking of getting, I'm the, saying there isn't one piece. It's 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 a it's a connection uh, of um, knowing the market, knowing your market, and being able to to just the, the, the flow from from or how are you going to get your order. All the way through to selling it to that to that to that end user, you've got to know that journey um, and all the pieces of information that interact with that along there. So that, that could include sourcing the product; it could be the manufacturing side of it. I, I appreciate everyone's different, but, but but that side of it, the people who are the people in are involved through to how are you going to market that product? Out, how well? How have you marketed it out? And then how do you actually then? logistics of getting that out to the people. I don't think there's just one thing. I think it's, I suppose, that's suppose the overall thing is knowing your market from beginning to end is, 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 is the, is the mm. trust. Funders want to know that the the, the, the thing. With the word we talked about before was risk. And I suppose, ultimately, I suppose if there's one piece of advice, it's trying to reduce the risk as much as you can to that funder. Because the lower you've got the risk, first of all, there'll be more people who will help to fund you. And secondly, it will cost you less. Because um banks will price a deal based on the risk that they see in that deal like as not just banks everybody mm-hmm. they all price it on, on 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 the risk which is why like payday lenders there's a huge risk they're not going to get their money back which is why they're paying 50 or 60%. So so that, that that's the analogy there and it's the same with equity if someone wants to invest if they see it's very risky they'll want a bigger share of your business because the risk is is so much greater yeah so, yeah. so so I suppose the overall thing mitigate the risk as much as you can mm-hmm. so that they haven't got much to argue about I like that notion of the
1: connectedness and uh, you know it, it harks back to kind of the reason why we get out of bed in the morning um, to, you know to create that kind of joined up world for for our customers but also you know for any business that you know the customer journey that you described there you know how do you get an order how do you process it how do you get it out the door how do you scale that so important yeah so important yeah. and you know having everyone bought into that and then being able to to tell that story is, is really important um, very much so great thanks, thanks very much can you just share in terms of if, if any of our listeners would like to get in touch with you if they want some help um you know preparing a, a business case for their own uh, yep. funding
0: requirements how do they find you so i'm uh, i have a business called um tandem tandem financial solutions. So tandem as in the bike and then financial solutions. It's it's t- tandemfs.co.uk on, on uh on the internet. And um yeah, I, I and I will always talk to people. Um, you know, it's just inquire if they've got a question. If they've got a question based on, on anything I've said here, just tell them to give me, you know, I'm always happy to give people a little bit of advice and just say this is what you need to do or for God's sake, don't do that. Um um, sometimes you say that not often but there are there are times when I have said that to people um, exactly so you can save a lot of heartache yeah no worries well
1: we'll include your the URL there in the show notes and you're obviously you're on LinkedIn as well so I am Yeah. Um, yeah. brilliant well once again Graham thank you very much I appreciate those insights and thanks for your time thanks for joining us it's been a
0: pleasure really a pleasure thank you
1: I'm sure you'll agree Graham provides a comprehensive overview of the finance options out there and what to consider when planning your fundraising. Doing your research is vital to minimising risk, both for yourself and your future funding partner. A well-researched plan will also help you tell your story based on facts and figures rather than hope and expectation, and will potentially reduce the cost of borrowing or the amount of equity you part with in the process. Next time, I'll be sitting down with author, coach and quality manufacturing engineer, Angela Fumpson. Angela has worked extensively with manufacturers, large and small, and brings a considered and human-centred approach to change management. We'll be discussing how a methodical approach to mapping your customer journey can reduce confusion and lay the foundations for transformation and growth. Thanks again for listening, and if you find this or our other episodes useful, please leave a rating or review and subscribe for more. Till next time.